notes for a Christmas message that I prepared. But on Friday night, I just felt like God just uh, changed it and, and gave me something else and really stirred me this week. So I want to go with God rather than just my notes. Amen. And I'll tell you how it happened. You know, right now, we're, it's a restless time, isn't it? You see it. We've got a mask on and all kinds of things. And it's, and it's, it's a time of, where peace is hard to find in the world. But Jesus says, I give you my peace, not as the world gives. But Jesus gives a peace that is from him. Amen. So, when we, so at Christmas time, you know, when we sing peace on earth, is there peace everywhere in the earth? Or is there any, where is there peace? Peace is primarily in the heart of a believer, isn't it? It's if you know Jesus. Right now in the Middle East, where is there peace? There's peace in churches where Jews and Arabs worship Jesus together. Amen. Because he's the Prince of Peace. He actually brings peace wherever he is. And I want you to know that he's going to bring peace to you today. Amen. What I want to share about today, it's not going to be a long message and it's not a very well rehearsed message because I, like I said, God changed it for me midnight on Friday when I was praying. And uh, next week I'll be sharing that message. But today I want to I want to share something else. And I was, I'll explain why in a moment. But so peace, it's hard to find. The presence of Jesus brings peace. I want to read this scripture. It's been a it's been an important scripture this year for many of us. In both churches, I believe. It says, I've told you these things, says Jesus. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's John 16, 33. So when Jesus gave these words, of course, this is just before the cross. He speaks of his death. He speaks of his resurrection. He speaks of the birth of the church. He speaks of the Holy Spirit coming. And of course, within the Gospels, Jesus spoke right to the end of time as well, to the end times, and even beyond into eternity as well. So Jesus spoke as the Holy Spirit gave him words. Remember, Jesus limited himself, didn't he? He was God, but he limited himself. And he relied on the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit as he spoke. But he said these words before he went to the cross. In, me, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So sometimes we get fixated on the trouble of the world, but Jesus is saying, I want you to, to focus on me, because in me is there, is there peace. Amen? There's peace in me. And uh, today, this is not going to be a long sermon. This is more like an encouragement. This is more like a prophetic encouragement that the Lord wants to give to you. But also, I want to speak about the prophetic journey as well. Part of my message um, today is led by the light of faith. Led by the light of faith. And God started reminding me this week of all the things he's done and said over the years. Remember the wise men, they followed the star, didn't they? They, they didn't know where God was going to lead them, but they started to follow. And as Christians, in your life, God can start to lead you, start to follow you on a certain journey you have to go with him. I've heard people calling it following the thread. So you pick up, you know, like a thread that's, that's there and you follow it where it goes. Now, again, I woke up because I've got my safe Christmas message that I could preach, or I've got this prophetic message that God gave me. And I got up today and I was like, God, which one is it? Because I still wasn't 100% sure. 
and I was leaving my bed bedroom today and I couldn't get out and there was a piece of thread across the, the house because our dog had pulled some, some kind of clothing and there was a piece of thread and I quite literally had to follow the thread. I'm like, okay, God, you're speaking to me. I will follow the thread today. Paul said these words to Timothy. Remember, Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesus, the young pastor. Might have been young, he might have been as old as 40, but anyway, he's younger than Paul. So Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecy once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Okay, other scriptures, other translations say, you may fight the good fight of faith. How? By remembering the scriptures. Now those scriptures that those, sorry, by remember those prophecies, I should say. So the prophecies that Timothy received in his life are not in the Bible. Okay, we don't know what they are. But Paul says they're important. Paul says you've got to remember those scriptures, those prophecies. They're not written down as scripture, like the word of the Bible, for all people for all time. But they were really important to Timothy to fulfill his calling. Because if he didn't remember those um, prophecies, he couldn't fight the good fight of faith well. I just want to tell you, we're in a battle. Amen? We're in a battle. You go out in the world, you ain't in a battle. As a Christian, you're in a spiritual battle every day of your life. And you've got to remember what God has said in the Psalms. It says, these things I bring to mind, and therefore I have hope. So you've got to bring some things to mind. Right now, your mind can be dominated with so much negativity. But God wants to say, I want you to fill your mind with good. I want you to remember the good things I've spoken to you. And that's why you need to pick up the Bible first and foremost. If you've not been doing that, pick up the Bible. Because if you want a word today, there's plenty in here. Amen. But also prophetically, specifically for individuals and churches, God speaks as well. And so I just want to just briefly, in this brief message, tell you a little bit about the journey that we've been on as one church, but how it intersects, I believe, with Norwich England Church as well. And also with what God is doing in the city. And I believe that as I share this, that God's going to awaken some things within you. That, that God has spoken to you in the past, or scriptures has given to you in the past. And he's going to bring those things to memory and give you strength for what he's called you to do. So this is my kind of encouragement for you today as we follow the thread. Amen. Alright. 2016. Again, it's not in the Bible, but it's something that God started to speak to me about. I started to get weird dreams. Now sometimes I get weird dreams because I eat too much pizza. Alright, well... Or cheese late at night. Not like I ate cheese late at night, you know what I'm saying. I started getting these dreams. Now the first, one of the first dreams I had that really shook me. I started having visions, 2015-2016, of food shortages. Nothing on shelves, but all the food that was there was hyperinflated. That's what I started to see. Do you know when you go to a supermarket and they have a, a reduced label? And they're not, not the price down, with a big red tag. And you're like, oh, that's 30p and it was a pound and you take it. But the, they use those labels to increase the price. I was like, whoa, it was so real. And it was like being, it was like I was living it. And someone said to me, this is worse than the food crisis of 2012. I was like, hang on. So I had to Google what the food crisis of 2012 was. Well, of course, there was a food crisis worldwide, especially in the developing world, because of the, the impact of the 2008, 2007, 2008 double dip recession. It took three years to catch up. 
Okay, so, so that was one thing. Now that's a bit scary, but that's not to scare you because I want to, this is going to be an encouraging message, I promise you. I also started this shoelace in my head for the third time. I started getting, I also started seeing people on the streets worshipping with their guitars outside in big numbers. I was like, what is this? What happened the last couple of years? People were filling the streets, weren't they, in different places, worshipping God in Brazil. Great to have our Brazilian friends and family here today. Brazil had one of the biggest revivals it's had in ages. The Send. Thousands of people come to faith and, and hundreds of thousands making first-time decisions to go to missions and to pray for, for revival in the nation. God did an incredible thing in places like Brazil, in, in Nigeria, uh, you know, Christful nations have seen mass numbers of salvations just before the pandemic. I believe there's eight, over 860,000 decisions made in one event in Lagos just a couple of years ago. Just incredible things with what God is doing. God wants to set the church up so that people can come to faith. Amen? People, if people are going to be lost for all eternity, and we're the hope, we're the life, we're the city on a hill, God, wants, God will do something in the church to get us to where we need to go. Amen? And that's what I believe. I also started seeing uh, just all kinds of different things. I started seeing people meeting for church outside in fields and things like that. And so that was 2016. Get up to 2019, and uh, we, we just moved here. Hannah and I just moved here. We've been part of the church for about a year or so. And someone gave us a prophecy that we... It was, it was addressed, addressed to me and Hannah, but I believe it was more for the church, if I'm honest. We're going to sing an anthem over the city. I don't, know if, I don't know if you know this, but anthems aren't just for the one person to sing. Anthems are for lots of people to sing. Does anyone know the anthem, Three Lions on a Shirt? Does anyone know who wrote that? Neither do I, because it doesn't matter. Because it's, we're still singing that anthem years later, right? That's what an anthem is. And so we had this prophecy about about this, and that was 2019. 2019, I started feeling like the Lord was reminding me of this food shortages prophecy again. And I, f I get to 2019, the end of 2019, I feel like something's coming, something's coming. I'm, I even say something in a prayer meeting. And of course, 2020 comes, and we're faced with COVID, you know, and the world just shifts like this. But as I'm seeing people empty shelves, I start asking God, is this what you showed me in that dream? And he says, no, that's for something else in the future. <laughs> Specifically 2024, I felt like he was saying. So I start seeing these things. 2019, we have a, we were, in, some of you from one church will remember, we were meeting in a school at the time, but then they closed the hall down and they put us in this tiny classroom. <laughs> and then on that day, a women's conference decided to visit us of 30 women. It was like literally only room for 30 people in the room, and then 30 came. We were like, whoa. And it was just this room full of prayer for our church in London. And it was like, really like, whoa, just a big surprise. But one of the, one of the, the dears from that, <laughs> that little event, she said to Jeff Brendlin, who was an elder at the time, he says, God's speaking to me. So he's going to give you, he's going to give you a place of permanence. He's going to give you a place of permanence. Be assured it's going to come. 
So fast forward a few months and it's the start of 2020 and I'm here with Nick Whips and Malcolm. Malcolm was a lead elder at the time of the church. I was serving in the church. And Nick Whips, we meet here. And we just, there's no agenda, we just came to just literally just pray and talk to each other and to pray. And Nick says, I feel like God's saying to you, he wants to give you a place of permanence. So it's the same phrase that was used just a few months before. Okay. So, so that's what God starts to, to say. But then I go into the, the setting. I hadn't seen the building properly at this point. You know, this is 2020 20, 20 that we first that we were here. It's not the first time I've been in the building. But he started showing me around the cellar. As I get in the cellar, I go into a vision of this being operated as a food bank. I'm talking like I can see tons of food down there. And I connect the dots with this food shortage prophecy and food bank. And I'm like, okay, you're speaking here, God. So this, and then COVID hits. And of course, I know that Nick moved on at that, at that point as well. And it was a, you know, when, when lockdown hit, it was a very confusing time. But in that year of 2020, I was having a, I was dreaming. Uh, I'm having another dream. And I was at a, a bit of a point where I was like, what do you want us to do in, in Norwich? Are we still meant to be here, Lord? And, and I went to sleep and had this dream of, I felt like in the dream God was telling me to go down certain streets. And I got to a certain street and I saw a Rolls Royce. And as soon as I saw the Rolls Royce, if anyone who's caught me, right, God said, I'm giving you a choice. And then Malcolm came to me in the dream and said, what's God saying? And that morning, Malcolm rang me up and said, Sam, God's told me to hand on position to you as pastor. The same morning that I had that dream. So, it gets to December 2020, so just one, a year ago now, and just getting to the point when I'm gonna take on this position, and I'm asking God, but what, what do you want to do with the church? What's the purpose of me in this role? Why me, why now, what, um, and, God starts to speak to me. He says, I want to launch my people into place, their places of influence. That's what he says. I want to launch my people into places of influence. Places where you, as God's people, can be, have a real impact, be truly influential for the gospel. Amen. Sometimes God has to shift things up to get us to where we need to be. Read the book of Acts. You'll see exactly what I mean. So he speaks to me about that. There's a couple of people who have now, one's left, well, I believe one is maybe on their way from, on to leaving, if I'm honest. But they are right now in places of real influence for the gospel. And other people within our church, I've seen them really step up and see the places where they have opportunities for the gospel. So I know I'm speaking as this is a word for one church, but this is a word I believe in a general word for the body of Christ. That God wants you to be in that place of influence where you can influence people for the gospel. Amen. So that's that's what he started to speak to me about. And that's what I put my effort into is, is that people will be equipped to know what to do and say and where God's called them to be. So that's why we're all we're all about hearing the voice of God. So so that was the end of 2020. It came to 2021 this year, and uh, we would start meeting in the lighthouse again as one church. And not long after being there, 
we were told that we're not going to be able to, to meet there that much longer. So it was a bit of a surprise and I had to think about where we would go next. And what I felt like God was saying was, what about, what about Norwich Ealing? And so we came to speak with Susan uh, and, Andrew, you know, and Andrew and, and we spoke with Elin. We said, what about meeting here? And so within a few weeks from that, from that point, we made an announcement. I gave a message in May at Pentecost this year. And I gave the vision of our, our church in that, in that uh, message. So if you want to check that out, it goes into depth on what our vision and mission is. But I felt like God was saying, this is, this is the next thing for one church. So I'm announcing this in the congregation. And, and now I'm not saying, I didn't say in this message, emerge. I just said we're moving to the building. Because that was, because we needed somewhere to go. <laughs> right? But it was with that sense of, what about emerge? Is that, is that what God wants to say? And so we moved to the building to explore the possibility of emerge. So I'm not telling you today the merge has definitely happened. I'm just saying we're going to, to explore that. And we, as you know, we've been meeting in the afternoon, Norwich and carried on in the morning service. So I'm speaking, you know, I'm going through this time where we've come together. We're starting to meet here in the afternoon. They're meeting in the morning. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm on track with the Lord. I don't want to, I don't want to cause, I don't want us to go the wrong direction, but either church, it's not what I want. So, so I'm, I'm seeking God and I'm going to have another dream. And I have a dream where, a lot of symbolism in the dream, but essentially the meaning of the first part of the dream was that I'm not to let people hijack my time this year with unnecessary things. So I've had, to, I've had a year of saying no to a lot of things. I'm not talking about in the church, I'm talking people asking me to do stuff and I've said no to a lot of good opportunities this year. So, so that was the first part of the dream. But the second part of the dream is that I'm looking out the window and I can see two brides. I can see an older bride and a younger bride. And I believe that does represent uh, one church and Norwich Eland in that Norwich Eland has been around longer than we have. One church has only been around for five years. Okay, so, and I see these two brides, and they're looking, and they're, they're beaming, and I see this wind of change, this wind going through the streets, which I believe represents the wind of change. So I'm seeing these two brides, and it's like, the, so the, the dream interpretation, I guess, was, don't be hijacked by, don't let the time be hijacked by other things. This is what I want you to look at. So I'm like, okay. So that's, that's what, how God speaks to me about that in the summertime. The years, the years gone by, we've got to this point now, and I'm looking ahead and I'm thinking about next year, and I'm seeing how things have progressed with COVID and, and all of these things. And I'm asking God, like, what's, what's next? And I'll give you a little bit of an indication of the, the series we're doing about the Holy Spirit in January. But I felt like God said to me very clearly this week, and I hope I'm wrong about this part, but I felt like he's saying, the UK is heading for a big lockdown, and it's going to last for 12 weeks. It's going to be a very hard lockdown. I believe he gave me the date, January the 10th. So I just want you to anticipate that from January the 10th, for at least 12 weeks, there's going to be another hard lockdown. I hope I'm wrong, okay? I hope I'm wrong, but this is what I felt God was saying to me. Um, 
Now, you might think that is a real back step and that is would be a disaster for church and this, that, and the other. Listen, God is not surprised by anything. Amen. If God speaks, listen, what did I already, what was the scripture I said? I've told you these things in advance so that in me you may have peace and I've overcome the world. So this week, God's, I feel like God's saying, there is going to be a lockdown. It's going to be a hard lockdown. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. And it's going to last for 12 weeks. And I've been, even for the last few months, I've been praying, what is the series, what's the thing you want to focus on for January and February and March? And it's like I can't see us, it's like I can't see us here, men. And um, so it's like, it's, it's coming in different ways. Okay. What is going to, what's God going to do in that time? I don't know, but I feel like it's going to be a defining season for us. Not to be pushed back and discouraged, but to go forward. Amen? So, this whole thing with the food bank, is this the time? Someone in our church, well, we've just been blessed with thousands of pounds of free streaming equipment. Cameras and things like that. It's just arrived this week. But we couldn't just set it up overnight. But is God going to do something to adjust and shift? us to be an outward-looking church rather than just simply a Sunday-focused church. Because that's what God wants to do in this season, I believe. He doesn't want us just to focus on Sunday services. He wants us to make disciples. He wants us to be the church every day. Amen. And sometimes you've just got to, do, you've got to allow something drastic to happen. I hope I'm wrong about lockdown. I hope we can meet normally. But this is what I feel like the Lord's saying. So when you see it and when you hear it on the news, don't be discouraged. Yeah? Because I've told you these, Jesus says, I've told you these things in advance so that you may not, may not be discouraged. And run with the prophecies. All of you have had your own prophetic journey with the Lord. People ask me, what's the vision of your church? And I try and tell them as simply and as quickly as I can. But my question to you is, what's the vision for your life? What's the vision, God, you have for your life? Because God, it says in the scriptures, without vision... The people perish. Vision from God, seeing what He wants to do and lead you, is your life source. Because it means you can go through the junk and the rubbish stuff now, because you can see beyond it. You can see that God's, it's right because I'm heading towards that. I, I, I bring these things to mind, and therefore I have hope. Okay? But that's my encouragement to you today. I know that's a different message. But who knows if that lockdown is going to come quicker and we might not even be able to meet in January like I anticipated. Um, I want to say this as well. I don't think we need to be as scared of Omicron and all these things as we're told to be. I just want to just rebuke that spirit of fear that we're pumped with. It says in the Bible that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. A sound mind. Thinking clearly. And having love. You know, when you have fear in your heart, it's hard to have love at the same time. Because fear and love, they go in opposite directions. You understand. And power. The Holy Spirit is one of power. The Holy Spirit still wants to do miracles. Amen. I'll tell you one final encouragement of this year. God started speaking about breaking down strongholds 
breaking down demonic strongholds. He said that when you cross the Jordan, right, this is our kind of journey. I've kind of given you a summary. When you cross over, as in come here, you're going to fight battles. And spiritually, we've fought a lot of battles in the last few months in all kinds of different ways. But what happened is we started to see manifestations of God's victory. Okay, And there was a time when we were praying that God would break down those 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 that evil influence in the spiritual atmosphere. How many know that God is a good influence and there's also other influences as, as well? You don't even need to be a Christian to believe that. It's just it's just a fact of life. And we start to break God break that down. And I started we started praying at home, we started singing one week that God was going to bring victory. And someone in our congregation said, I'm seeing this black this black blob just breaking off Norwich. Now, what was amazing is, as a woman came to faith uh, recently, and we, we ended up praying for her, and God actually broke off evil spirits off her life, praise God. It was really powerful. Second time it's happened in the last few months here. Okay, maybe, maybe more, but at least two in the last few months. But that day we were praying and saying, God, break down the strongholds. And someone said that was the day, and she was sitting at home, and she could see black blobs breaking. She wasn't even here. And someone else who wasn't even here, who is a prophet in our, in our church, not here, he's not here this morning, couldn't be here today. When we started sharing about what God did last week or a few weeks ago, on that day, when we prayed that God would break down evil in the atmosphere, he said he saw light come out of his chest and destroying skyscrapers that were in Norwich. Skyscrapers, just like invisible skyscrapers, and then just exploding. All happened on that day when we were praying. I feel like something has shifted in the last month. I can just walking, even just parking my car and walking in the week on a Sunday, it does not feel the same to me as it did just a few months ago. Do you agree? I just feel like something shifted. I feel like God has said, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. I want you to put, because listen, souls are at stake. People need to hear the gospel. You need to hear the gospel. If you're not, if you're not right with God, you're not walking with God, listen, God is real. I could tell you the Christmas story today. I could tell you about shepherds and angels and all these great things. You know a lot of that. You know a lot of that already. But I want to tell you the point is that God came that you might have life. God came to redeem you. And we're here as a church, and we stand with God's mission. We want to go with His Holy Spirit in the direction He's leading, Amen. So that we can we can partner with Him. Jesus says, "Work while it is day, because night is coming." You've got to do the work. And I want to now. I'm talking to Christians now, but for those who don't know Jesus, if you're listening today, if you're watching online, you need to learn. You need to turn to Him. You need to repent. It's time to know that are you going to stand before God without accepting that sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross? If you're going to live your life rejecting that free gift of life, it's not going to go well for you when you meet God face to face. Or when Jesus returns, which might be in a lifetime, by the way. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. He died to pay for it to deal with it, but then he rose from the dead because he's the king of glory and he's, he's not going to stay dead. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him, amen? And he rose 
And because he is resurrected, because he is alive, he freely justifies you through faith, through believing in him. And what he did on the cross comes to you through faith. And you receive life. And not only that, but God doesn't leave you just to give him. He fills you as well. And he comes to live on the inside of you. And makes you a new creation. And so if that's you, you've not made that decision. Listen, today is the day. Today is the day. Do not leave it. God is real. God is alive. Jesus wants you to know that he's paid the price for you. He came at Christmas. He came as a baby to pay the price for you. But you need to receive it. It's the free gift. We talk about gifts this week. That is the greatest gift of all. Amen. So that's an encouragement for the church. But that's also encouragement for you if you're not walking with Jesus yet. So let's just stand I know, and let's just pray. We won't have time for any more carols now, but maybe we'll just sing a song together as we finish. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you, speak through you right now. But I've already said, if there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus, and you think, I'm not walking with him. I've not really made that decision. I don't really know him. I want to tell you that Today is the salvation, the day of salvation for you. Today is the day for you to know God. Today is the day for you to no longer be an enemy of God, a rebel against God. That's what you are if you're not walking with Him. But it's, it's time to turn to Him and receive from Him His free gift of life. To turn from those things that are evil and dark and I don't even know you even need to go into them because you know the Holy Spirit is telling you right now what those things are. And turn to Him. He'll forgive you. He'll wash you clean. He will come and make His home within, within you and give you the blessing to give you the assurance of eternal life and life with Him in eternity. That is what He wants for you. But it's up to you to receive it. So if that's you, and you're saying, I want to come to Jesus. I want him in my life. I know I need him. I know that I'm not walking right with him. Why don't you just put your hand up in the air right now? You want to make a first time decision to do that. Thank you. Praise God. If you're thinking, look, I can't say a big yes to Jesus now. I want to make a little yes to Jesus. It's okay for now. Make that little yes to Jesus in your heart. And go ahead later on. Find a Bible. Get alone. Pray. Say, God, are you really there? He will reveal himself to you. He will. So if this isn't the moment, don't think it's now or never. But take it seriously. Because this is your soul. And God loves you so much that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is the promise of the gospel. <clears throat> Let's just pray as well. Just God's will to be done. Amen. Just quickly as we finish this time. Let's all just pray together right now as the church for God to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to lead us into the plans and purposes he has for us. And let everything that I've said that's wrong, Lord, I pray, let it fall away. 
But Lord, what you are speaking right now, what you're speaking to us by your Spirit, let us hear it. It says in the Bible, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We want to have an ear. Give us ears to hear Jesus. Come on, let's just, just pray together. God's will to be done. Yeah, that God's presence will manifest himself in greater ways here. Don't be shy. Let's just pray right now. God, have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Come on, just open your mouth. Just start to pray. Just start to pray. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the lies. We rebuke the enemy. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. You've come to be with us. God, you are Emmanuel. God with us. Your kingdom come. We pray. Holy Spirit, do more. Holy Spirit, let us see what you're doing. Holy Spirit, make yourself known Holy Spirit, pray right now for those who need healing in their body, Lord, who touch them. Lord, those who are feeling in pain right now, I feel like someone might have some kind of, I don't know, but I keep hearing the word, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Someone who has some kind of internal kind of injury to maybe... Uh, like a hernia or something like that. It's really bad. God wants to just heal it. If that makes sense to someone, and just let me know. Hey, keep hearing the word metastasize, metastasize, the medical word. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. But if that makes, does that word make sense to someone here? Can you just put your hand up? We'll just pray for you. Okay. I just pray right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, touch the people here. I just pray. I just thank you, Lord. For everyone who's here who's called to serve you, Lord, speak to them. Increase their ability to hear you, Lord, pray. Let this be a place for your glory to dwell, we pray. Let this be a place for your glory to dwell. Thank you, you know the future. If you just sing that song, Because He Lives, just sing that chorus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. All fear is gone. Because I because I know he holds the future. He holds the future. Jesus at hand today. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.